Creating History. I'm your host, Caitlin. We're going to empower you to create your own history with God. Let's get this journey started. I am here today with Olivia. Hello. Olivia is one of my childhood best friends. <laughs> um, we've known each other since I was... You were 12, I think, or 13, something like that. I think so. And we're going to talk about something that's not talked about a lot and that needs to be talked about. So we're going to talk about postpartum depression. So um, she's going to talk about her journey. She has a daughter who is now... She is 15 months. I was going to say that. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. And her name is June. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and pray. So Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. We ask that you would flow through myself and through Olivia in the name of Jesus, Father. We ask that only your words would be spoken and that everyone listening would be open to receive what you have to say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So Liv, tell us what postpartum depression is. Okay. And I call her Liv, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> well, I definitely looked up what these things are because I'm not a mental health professional or just a doctor of any sort. Um, so this is from the CDC's website, um, but it just says that postpartum depression is depression that occurs after having a baby. Um, and it's different than like the baby blues Mm -hmm. that people can sometimes experience after having a baby. Um, with the baby blues, they say it usually will last like up to a couple weeks after having the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and that postpartum depression is longer lasting. Um, so those feelings can occur long term. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously after you have a baby, your hormones are all over the place. Yeah, as it is. Hormones um, so that plays a big factor in it too, just as things are stabilizing after birth, but it just says it can be used to describe the worry, sadness, and tiredness that many women experience. Um, and it can take longer to resolve. So do you know any stats that um, about postpartum depression? What it says here um, is that one out of nine women are formally diagnosed with postpartum depression. Um, and that just means so they that, went and got help. Exactly. Medical and so <laughs> we don't really know, I guess, what the true statistic is mm-hmm. for how many people suffer with it afterwards. Because even like me, I'd never spoke with a doctor about it up front Mm -hmm. and I was never diagnosed so I wouldn't be a part of that statistic and I'm sure it's the case for thousands of other women so I feel like it's hard to have like a true statistic of how many people it affects Mm. so how did it look for you um well for me I think part of it was some birth trauma that I think kind of just got me feeling out of control, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, when you have a baby, you can't control how things happen yeah. in the mm-hmm. delivery room. Um, but my plans for having June were to have a home birth yeah. at my midwife's home. Um, and so when we got there, again, June was two weeks late, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was out of my control as well. Um, I didn't <laughs> plan for that. Um, but when I started going into labor, um, we had labored overnight at home and mm-hmm. then went back to the midwife's house the next day and we were there maybe a couple hours. I was having contractions like every three minutes. So we were, yeah. you know, getting somewhat close, I guess, to the finish line. Um, 
but they ended up having to call an ambulance for me because June's heart rate had dropped. And, you know, you just expect, you know, I had these plans like, oh, an hour of skin to skin, like Mm -hmm. being able to nurse her for the first time. Um, But since she had to have a C-section and she was in there so long, (laughs) um, they ended up having to take her pretty much right away. I held her for maybe 10 seconds and then they had to take her and, um, they had to clean out her lungs cause she had fluid in them. And, um, so Michael went to go be with June. So I think just having things kind of go haywire yeah. during the birthing process, it was not what I imagined. And then, um, when we left the hospital, you know, I had stayed pretty active throughout my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the C-section just like knocked me off my feet. Like I was very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when we got out of the car with June for the first time, like when we took her home, Michael's like halfway to the door and looks back and I'm like still trying to get out of the car. <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I am a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows I can, I usually keep up with him just fine. Yeah. And they had taken me in a wheelchair from like my room to the yeah. car. So uh-huh. he, we hadn't really seen how slow I was going to be moving. I was like, oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I needed a lot of help. And then just being in pain, I mm-hmm. had some complications after that. And, um, what really started though, I think when June was about, I think she had just hit two weeks cause my parents came like five days after she was born mm-hmm. and they had been here a few days and June just started crying like pretty much around the clock unless she was nursing or finally falling asleep at the end of the day. Anytime she was awake, she was like screaming. Um, and I really didn't expect that either. Like Mm -hmm. whenever I had seen other people with newborn babies, it's just like, Oh, this peaceful child. (laughs) You see on social media, all the pictures and it looks very good. Yes, exactly. Um, and I knew babies cried, but this was just, (laughs) relentless for me and I think too just because I was healing physically and again the hormones from afterbirth um it just became very difficult for me to Mm -hmm. I guess function the way that I did before Mm -hmm. and you're not sleeping as well um thankfully June did sleep pretty well for a newborn but um I think that was was awake yes (laughs) Yes. and it was just very hard because you're as a first-time mom too you just immediately think you know, this is something, you know, I'm doing something wrong. You know, what is it that I'm doing that's causing this? Yeah. Um, so you can start to take on a lot of blame mm-hmm. and guilt, just kind of thinking that it's your fault that things aren't the way yeah. you pictured they were going to be, I guess. So with that, I mean, I guess it started to, yes, fill me with some shame, just mm-hmm. thinking that I'd done something wrong, um, feeling inadequate as a new mom, like, I don't even know how to soothe my own baby. Um, and then I think there's some isolation that happens when Mm. you have a baby. Um, and especially for me, I was breastfeeding for the first time. So it's like, I would always go away to a separate room and newborns eat all the time. So Mm. it's like, I'm constantly, you know, taking myself away from the people that are visiting us or, you know, coming to see the baby. Um, so I kind of started to feel like, just enclosed in this mindset, you know, um, I wasn't really talking to anybody 
mm-hmm. too much about what I was feeling. And I thought it was normal. I'm like, this is probably just how it feels for most people. So, you know, I, I guess I just didn't realize it was this hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and just trying to suck it normal, up. But people don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I said, those first couple weeks, most women experience those kind of baby blues, mm-hmm. which I had heard of. So I was like, well, this will get better. Like yeah, yeah. I'll just give it a few more weeks and it'll probably get better. I just need to kind of power through it mm-hmm. and it'll be fine. Um, and there were times, like, in the middle of the night, usually, um, when June was having to get up and eat, we were just having difficulties figuring all that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty painful in the beginning. And uh, just, like, looked over at Michael. I'm like, this is so hard. Like, I just felt like I had made a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. not that June is a mistake at all, but just... Um, I remember saying to him, like, I shouldn't be her mom. And... <laughs> you're allowed to cry I know (laughs) I just hate when I think about that um because there are times when Michael could really soothe her and it would make me angry (laughs) you know I'd be like crying like she'd be crying and crying and Mm -hmm. I'd be like okay maybe you can try and um he would sit down and she would stop and I'm like Ah, you know, yeah, just get frustrated. <laughs> come on, child. Um, I carried you for nine months. I know. Yeah. And the whole labor process. Come on. Uh, no, but I just, I remember saying like, someone else should be her mom. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, Aww. she's so angry, you know, all the time. Um, and, I, you know, Michael's like comforting me. He's like, yeah. it is hard, you know. He wasn't saying, you know trying to fix the problem. Yeah, he was yeah, just, yeah. you know, yes, it Which is, in that moment it is very husband, hard. Yes. <laughs> nothing you can do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm sure that was probably a hard place for him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that, yeah, he can't really fix it. Um, but those were kind of the things that I was dealing with, just isolation and guilt and shame, a little bit mm-hmm. of anxiety, but mostly just kind of feeling, just not myself. Yeah. But I definitely felt like I just needed to, like, suck it up, I guess. I'm like, this is probably just normal. Like, so why would I make a big deal about this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I don't like a lot of attention either. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't want to be pitied. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really just pride on my part. Um which, if you're reaching out, I don't feel like people would pity you. They just, you know. Yeah, it, it's just worrying what people will yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's, well, that's what. Having fear any, of that's man. That's what depression does. <laughs> yeah. It makes mm-hmm. you think that people aren't going to be able to understand or relate or help or there's nothing that anyone else can do. Yeah. And you don't want to tell them what's going on in your life and what's making you depressed, you know? Yeah. Um. So, that's I mean, even true. from a non-postpartum side of it mm-hmm. like yeah that's just what what depression does yeah so how did it affect your marriage um I will say um there was obviously struggle but mm-hmm. I feel like it brought just a layer of depth mm-hmm. to our relationship um that wasn't there prior um even though I didn't form the words like I think I have postpartum depression mm-hmm. um I think 
just going through it together. Um, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we later termed June that she was just a colicky baby. And mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's just a baby that cries a lot and there's not a whole lot of explanation. <laughs> just a lot of times I think it's like stomach pains and stuff like that, um, that causes it. But, um, mm-hmm. Just going through that experience, really being able to lean on one another and the Lord together, I think it really helps solidify our marriage. So when exactly did you realize it was postpartum depression? Like when would you have, I guess, labeled it postpartum depression? Man, so I did look up because I couldn't remember what the questions were, but after you have a baby, they make you fill out those mental health questionnaires. They make you fill one out, at least for me. They made me fill one out before we left the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go in a week later to take June for a weigh-in at the pediatrician. I filled it out then, and then I filled it out again, I think, at two months postpartum, just to see if your answers had changed. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my personal opinion, I don't love the questionnaire. I just feel like some of the questions are kind of Mm -hmm. weird. Like, you're like, well, maybe that's me. Maybe I am struggling with this. Like... Are you able to laugh and see the funny side of things is one of the questions. Um, I have looked forward with enjoyment to things. I have blamed myself unnecessarily when things have gone wrong. I've been anxious or worried for no good reason. So they all yes or no's? Um, it is. On this one, it says yes quite a lot. Yes, sometimes. Okay. No, not much. Or no, not at all. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to, like, gauge. It's like, well, I do do that, but it's not, like, mm-hmm. that much. Um, and, again, you kind of... At least I did. I kind of downplayed whatever I was experiencing, especially in that if in that moment I was feeling okay. So I'd be like, well, it's actually not that bad. So I'm just going to put no. And when we left the hospital, I was feeling fine. Um, But I remember we were driving to June's pediatrician appointment. I think it was her two month one. And I was just crying in the backseat. I don't know why. (laughs) But Michael was just kind of holding on to me while he was driving and we got there and I had to fill it out. Um, and the doctor obviously knew that I was struggling because, well, June started like losing it in the doctor's mm-hmm. office. And I was like trying to keep it together, which I think that's stressful for any parent. Um, mm-hmm. But I was really struggling. And she came in. She was just like, June was still crying. And she was just like, how are you? Like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was just like. Like, I just kind of burst into tears, and uh, she hugged me, and on the way home, I told Michael, I was like, some of my answers to that questionnaire changed since the last time I filled it out. I still didn't really, like, open up much more than that. Yeah. But I actually remember we came to Virginia to visit my parents for Christmas, and I just remember, like, noticing that I felt so much better. So at that point, June would have been five months old. Um, That's when I met her. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I just remember feeling like, you know, I haven't cried as, like, in a while. Like, (laughs) because in the beginning, it was pretty much at least once a day for the first few months. Um, And it's like, I kind of describe it as It's not like someone turning on a light and all of a sudden everything's bright and pretty. Um, It's kind of like a dimmer switch is on there. And it's so slight that someone is moving up the dial and turning on the light that you don't even notice. Like your eyes are just getting acclimated to it. Um, And so I feel like at Christmas time it was like, you know, the lights were turned up. And I'm like looking around like, 
oh yeah, it used to be really dark in here. <laughs> like, I used to not be able to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, go out with June and not worry about what's going to happen, you exactly. know. Yeah. Um, and so I think it wasn't until I was feeling like myself that I even realized like, okay, that wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. So how were you able to, during the whole process, cope with it in the natural? And I know you've kind of talked about it along the way, but like in the natural as well as in the spiritual um, with God and kind of. Spiritually, I I feel like I always cry when I think about this too. Um, Right after I had June, my, our church that we are members of had started discipleship groups Mm -hmm. that were going to start in August and I remember before having June, I was like, yeah, I can probably do that. Like, you know, newborns just sleep. I could probably bring her with me to like the group Mm -hmm. meetings. And so I had signed up for one. And then, you know, after having June, I was like, what have I done? Like, why did I sign up for this? Like, I should not have done that. (laughs) Like, I don't want to go out of the house by myself with her. Like, I was just on edge. Um, And... When I was there, I felt like I couldn't concentrate. Like, people were asking me questions, and I'm like, you know, it's pointless that I'm here. Like, I have yeah. nothing to offer. Like, my I'm brain dead. I'm oh. tired. And I'm, like, just staring at June, waiting for her to freak out. cry, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was feeling that way, I remember I came home and told Michael, I was like, I think I'm going to tell the girls that I just, maybe I'll start in the next semester and do it. Um He's like, well, she did fine. And she really did do fine. I was just so worried about it. Um, He's like, well, you said she did fine, so maybe just keep going. Um, And looking back, I can see that the Lord used Michael to encourage me to, like, have that little bit of community, even though it was stressful for me at the time, to go out and do it. Um, But through that group, I mean, I just, I feel like the Lord pursued me. I'm just so thankful for um, our church family, and even though they didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. even tell the girls. It was or like right before we came here for Christmas, so um, I had opened up to them and just said, you know, I'm so thankful for you guys because I've like been really struggling, and um, mm. I mean, I had told them, you know, in prayer times, like you know, I feel like I'm on an emotional roller coaster and things mm-hmm. like that. So they knew, like, you know, motherhood was hard. Um, But the Lord just really pursued me through that one avenue of meeting with those women every other week um, and just feeling encouraged and um, just learning about the word and prayer. Because that was the two things that we had discussed. Our first book that we did was all about prayer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you're nursing a baby (laughs) around the clock... You feel like you can't do anything but that because you're just sitting there. You know, you can't really be productive in the natural sense. You know, you're not up and doing things. Um, And so just learning what prayer was Mm -hmm. was a blessing to me because it just really changed the way that I thought about that time that I had on my hands now. It's not like I can just stare at my phone for 45 minutes every couple (laughs) hours. Um, So, yeah, I just felt very pursued by the Lord through the things that he was teaching me and the people that he was putting in my life at that time, even though most of them didn't even know. So what would you say to anyone who is either at the moment experiencing postpartum depression or maybe even like they're pregnant and they're, you know? Yeah. 
probably first and foremost, because, I mean, this is a medical thing. It's mm-hmm. emotional as well, obviously, but um, with the hormonal side of it, I would say, obviously, speak with your doctor, mm-hmm. and hopefully you have a provider that you can be honest and open with. Um, and I feel a little hypocri- hypocritical saying all these things, because I did not yeah. <laughs> do them, um, but next time I will have eyes to see will be helpful if I experience it again. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have a doctor, you know, speaking with a therapist or a pastor, mm-hmm. your spouse, Talk to a good someone. friend. Yeah. I mean, even if you're not sure you have postpartum depression, I think just being honest and having someone remind you of the joys of it as well, um, yeah. just to pull you out of, out of that, um, would be my first piece of advice. Michael's mom gave me this book after, well, I guess it was before I had June and it was like bite-sized Bible readings for a new mom. Mm-hmm. And the cover of it kind of looked a little cheesy. And, but I remember after I had June, I was like, I'm going to pick that up. And it just went through Psalm 139. Like mm-hmm. it was a whole little book that broke up Psalm 139. Psalm 139, seven, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. And um, I remember reading those last couple verses. Um Cause that's what I felt like. Surely the darkness shall cover me. Mm. <laughs> but it says, even the darkness is not dark to you. <laughs> the night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. And I just really clung on to those two verses. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, where can I go? That's not with him. Um, you know, even this state of emotion where I'm, like, just so sad and, um, feeling so overcome, just feeling defeated, um, and not knowing what to do, um, just having that as my comfort, um, was huge, um, so that's just something that someone could meditate on. Thank you guys for listening. Head over to our website, creatingyourhistory.com to check out the blog for this episode and others. Make sure to subscribe, share, and rate us. We love you and we look forward to sharing next week's episode with you.